you could turn to your Bibles or in the inside of your bulletin. We're gonna, uh, turning to First Peter, chapter one, and we're going to uh, verse, uh, start at verse 22, and we'll go into chapter two uh, up to verse three. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass, grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation." Now that you have tested that, the Lord is good. 500 churches across Canada, they are emphasizing uh, the Word of God for the three, first three weeks of November. And so this is sermon number two, uh, last week, uh, introduction to the Bible. Uh, this week, uh, what, what will the Bible do for you, or what does the Word of God do for you? And I'm just going to hit uh, four or five things uh, we could probably come up with a hundred things, but I came up with four or five that I thought were particularly important. And then next week, uh, how are we going to use the Word of God? And so next week, I am going to do a sermon where I show you my thought process of how I pick up a scripture passage and apply it to my life. Essentially, I'm going to show you how to do a sermon or how to do a teaching or how to preach to yourself, <laughs> but I'm just calling it how to apply God's Word or how to use God's Word and uh, make it very simple so that every time you pick up a passage, you go, well, I, I saw what David did. That's what I should be doing with this Scripture passage to apply it to my life. So what does the Word of God do to you? And if you go to the next uh, screen, uh, point number one, and if we don't get anywhere else, I wanted you to see this today, the Word of God uh, gets you born again, or you are born again through the Word of God, or you have new birth through the Word of God, or another big theological word we use is regeneration. And that comes through the Word of God. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 1. Notice verse 22. This is the passage in your bulletin. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other. If you just stop a second, uh, this is one of those things the Word of God does for you. Notice, by obeying the truth, you purify yourself. What does that mean? It means that when you come to faith in Christ, another way to talk about that is to call that obeying the truth. And that when you obey the truth, you purify your soul. Now, he's putting it here in the past tense. You have done this. Now, you might think, just a second, I thought I didn't have to obey to be a believer. Well, no, you have to obey to be a believer. After all, that's why you believe, because you're told to do that. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's a command. Believe and you will be saved. Or Jesus, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's a command. Or Peter, repent and be baptized. 
Both of those are commands, right? Those are commands. So coming to Christ is an obedience to truth. Now, by the way, where do you find the truth? (laughs) The Gospel or the Word of God. And by obeying the truth, you now purify your soul. The result, the result is that you love one another. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. In other words, when the gospel comes to you and you respond in faith and your life is changed, the number one thing that we now see is love for people. Okay? Simple. If you don't love people, you're not a Christian. Is that true? That's true. Okay? First John, anyone who does not love does not know God. Okay, that's true. So when you come to Christ and you believe in Him, you're obeying the truth. This now changes you so that you actually love people. That's the result. That's the result of obeying the truth and purifying your soul. You have a sincere love for each other. And so notice he gives a command. Now that you have a sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. He goes, now that we've started this way, man, let's, let's really go for it. Let's love one another earnestly. Let's love one another continuously. Two different ideas involved in that word. Love one another deeply from the heart. So uh, I suppose you could say, what does the Word of God do for you? Uh, the Word of God purifies your soul. And the Word of God leads you to love people. But there's more here. Verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. Notice, you have been born again. Again, something that's taken place in the past, it has an abiding result. You've done this in the past. You've been born again. How does that happen? He tells you. It's through the living and enduring Word of God. Go to the next slide there. I'm sure you've all heard people talk about being born again. What is that? We are spiritual beings, physical and spiritual, all of us. Every person is both physical and spiritual. And so when somebody says to me, you know something, I'm really spiritual. (laughs) That's good. You and everybody else on the planet. (laughs) We are all spiritual. However, The scriptures tell us that we are spiritually dead to God or we're dead in our sins. We don't like Him. Can't stand Him. We want every other option but Him. And so we try to to fill up our spirituality through every other means possible. Some people try to deaden it. You deaden it through alcohol or through drugs or you, de- you, you deaden it through pursuit of money or by working hard at your job or you, or you pursue education. You try, to, you try to drown out this spiritual side. Most people on the planet just try to do it through religion. That's why people are religious. We are spiritual creatures. And, and, and we look for this spiritual connection. And over and over again in the Scriptures, it talks about being made born again so that we are connected to God, so that we love Him, and we know Him, and we have a relationship with Him. That's what it means to be born again. And it happens at a point in time. Now, for some Christians, let me pick on the Roman Catholics, 
for Roman Catholics, right, they believe in regeneration and born again too. And they think it happens at baptism. And so that's why baptism is so important in the Roman Catholic Church. You're actually being born again. You're being regenerated through your baptism so that you're alive to God. And now the child will live a life in tune with God because of the baptism. I don't think it works that way. You notice in this passage, now that's why Roman Catholics believe this too, that the Word of God regenerates you. And that's why they have the Word of God present at a baptism, baptismal ceremony. But it's the Word of God that God uses to come into your heart and into your soul and create a new spiritual being. He does it through His Holy Spirit using the Word of God on you on the inside so that you become alive to Him. And I thought this is so important that we would spend some time just thinking about that. Um, notice what it says in your bulletin. It says, um, You have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. By the way, normal humanity, that's perishable seed. He's going to illustrate that in a second. But of imperishable, what is this seed that never perishes, it never loses its luster, it goes on. He says it's the living and enduring Word of God. It's alive. Now, I think it's alive because God is alive. That's why I think His Word is alive. And God always uses His Word as His tool. That's why it's so powerful. It's alive because it's connected to Him. And it's enduring. Again, it's connected to Him. God's eternal, so His Word's eternal. So when it comes inside of you and creates something new, this is something special, something eternal. He illustrates it in verse 24. He quotes from the Old Testament, Isaiah. All people are like grass... And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. I don't know how often you're compared to grass. <laughs> all people are like grass. Well, how are you like grass? Uh, somebody asked me the other day, how come you've got little red spots on your forehead? I said, I've got a skin disease. And the doctor gave me ointment. It doesn't work. So I'm, I'm, stuck, I'm stuck with a skin disease I can't do anything about, and you'll see my cheeks go red and my forehead goes red. Uh, having, having pale white skin is not good. Okay, so I've got this skin disease, and it's getting worse and worse as I get older. And you know all about that, right? The, the bloom is gone. <laughs> and I'm only 54. <laughs> wow. I keep noticing, I keep noticing everybody who's like 30 is so attractive. <laughs> it's just because they're young, right? Youthful. They've got vitality. And uh, human beings, we, we're, we're, we're fade, we're fragile, we're corruptible, uh, we're not going to last. And even the best of us, right? He even says that all their glory is like the flowers of the field. Doesn't last. Every year, um, we have some daffodils that grow at the back, back door. I've tried to dig them out and get rid of them. They keep coming up. <laughs> and they flower, and then the flower fades, and then the whole plant kind of withers and goes away. And I think, great, they're gone. They're not gone. <laughs> but they don't last very long, right? 
They're there, they're dead. Uh, that's, what, that's the way we are as humanity. Even our best doesn't last very long. But he contrasts that with the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord endures forever. And notice what he says, this is the word that was preached to you. This is the word that was preached to you. The gospel, God's word given to you, creates new life so that you're born again. Uh, One of the most famous uh, incidents of this is uh, John chapter 3 with Nicodemus. And you've probably heard the story before. Nicodemus is a Pharisee, and he comes to Jesus at night. And a Pharisee, very strict religious person, uh, nobody worked harder at being religious than Pharisees. Kind of compare them to Orthodox Jews today, very similar. Uh, They do everything they can to be religious and to be right with God. And this man comes to Jesus, and he comes at night, and I think he comes at night because he doesn't want anybody to know he's visiting Jesus. And he's one of the ruling Sanhedrin, one of the 70 top Jewish uh, leaders of his day. And he comes to Jesus, he says this, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Beautiful introduction. Calls him teacher, gives him respect. He says, I see what you're doing, you're a great man, God must be on your side, I acknowledge that. And I think he expects Jesus to say, Nicodemus, you're doing a good job too. And the fact that you're here seeing me shows me you're on the right path. That's not what Jesus says. Right off the bat, he says this, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. This religious man has no spiritual life. Shocking. That's shocking. You have no religious life. That's what Jesus is saying to him. You've got to be born again. Nicodemus is shocked. He thinks he's talking about physical birth. He goes on, Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. How can a man be born when he's old? Jesus says, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, and you do not understand these things? That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. He compares it to wind, which you don't know where it's going to go. But it blows, and it does its effect. So it is with the Spirit. When my second son was being born, uh, we lived in, in London at the time, Peter, and uh, Joanne said to me, she goes, uh, my, water, my water has broken. So we drove, uh, we drove to the hospital. And uh, I had missed the first birth, so this was my first time. And uh, unfortunately today, fathers have to go into the room where the birth takes place. But that's okay. I figured I'm a man. I can handle anything. 
And so I went, in, went into the birth room with, with Joanne, and uh, she, was having, she was getting an epidural to, uh, so she couldn't feel the pain of the birth. And uh, the nurse came in to put the IV in her arm. And the nurse was putting the IV in her arm, and the nurse put the needle into her arm. And then the nurse goes, whoops, and pulls it out. And then she again puts the needle into Joanne's arm, and she goes, whoops, and she pulls it out. And the room starts spinning for me. (laughs) And the nurse goes, you better sit down. So yeah we're not even in the delivery room and I'm out of action <laughs> and I have to, I have to sit down and the nurse just kept putting it in the IV into her arm and just going oops and pulling it out she couldn't get it in after a number of times and I was done I was I was I was I was no good the anesthetist had to come in and he 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 had to put uh, the IV in her arm uh, we go into the birthing room, and uh, Joanne was, was pushing. And uh, while she was pushing, she was holding onto my arm. And I was thinking, that's hurting my arm. <laughs> I'm thankful today that I never said that. <laughs> because I think she would have punched me. Or the nurse would have punched me. I kept trying to help her, and uh, obviously I, I was useless. The nurse kept saying, you're doing a good job, and look, she would look at me every once in a while with a, a glaring look, like, you're so pathetic. <laughs> and uh, one of the nurses uh, said, uh, the, the, head, the head is coming out. And I'm panicked. Like, there's no doctor here. Like, what's going to happen? Uh, the doctor came in, he was maybe in the room for 30 seconds and the baby was done, the delivery was over, and so I said to the doctor, I said, thank you doctor, you did a really good job. (laughs) Now, the point of the story is this, (laughs) the The point of the story is, when it comes to a birth, uh, it's not the dad who's doing the birth, and it's not even, it's not the baby. Right? The baby doesn't come out of the womb going, hey, I'm here. Look what I did. I've, I, I've, I've, I've been born. Uh, the mother does the work. right? Mom does all the work. That's what it's like to be spiritually reborn. You don't do it. You can't do it. You can't give birth to yourself. You're incapable. You're, weak. You're a weakling. Like a little baby. Can't do anything. Like a little one-day-old baby, you can't say, hey, baby, stand up, or roll over, or here, eat this, right? It can't, can't do anything. That, that's what the new birth is like. God has to do it. And he uses the Word of God to do it. And the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God, and he takes the Word to you, and he takes that Word that says, believe, And he hits it with you, and all of a sudden you cry out and you believe. That's being born again. So why should you read the Word of God? And why should we we preach the Word of God? And why should we tell other people the Gospel? Because we want them to have spiritual life. And that's how God does it. Right? We don't do it. God does it. 
He says the same thing in James chapter 1. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Um, if you look with me again at your text in 1 Peter, might as well finish off what we've got there. Verse 23, you've been born again through the living, enduring word of God. Verse 25, the word of the Lord endures forever. This is the word that was preached to you. Verse two, chapter 2, verse 1, therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and every kind of slander. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so you keep reading the Word of God so that you may grow up in your salvation. If you go to the next slide, what else can the Word of God do for you? Uh, Two more related to the first. Number two, the Holy Spirit works in our lives through the Word of God. And number three, the Word of God helps us have faith, gives us faith, strengthens faith. The first text, the Holy Spirit works, is from Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 is the story of the first Gentile, first Roman, coming to faith in Christ. The story of Cornelius. And Peter is in Joppa. And while he's in Joppa, he has a dream. And in this dream, or in this vision, he sees a sheet come down from heaven. And on the sheet, there is clean food and unclean food. And a voice says, eat. And Peter says, no, I'm not going to eat. I have never eaten unclean food in my life. And a second time, the voice says, eat. Peter says, no. Third time, the voice says, eat. And then there's a knock on the door. And the knock is from Cornelius' home. We've been asked to, we've, we've come here to ask you to come and see us. And so Peter goes. And he goes to this Roman home, Roman centurion. And there they have been studying Judaism and uh, reading the Old Testament scriptures, and Peter comes. And here's what happens. Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him. 
that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. When I translated this myself, I translated the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the message. I love that. He just falls on all those who heard the message. Here they are waiting, and they're waiting to hear the message. And as Peter gives it, boom, the Holy Spirit falls on them. Their lives are changed forever. They speak in tongues so that there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit has fallen on them. I think they speak in tongues so that the Jews can't go, you know something, it's not real. I think they speak in tongues so that they'll go, you know something, the Gentiles have exactly what we have. God loves them too and wants them to respond too. It makes sense if you want the Holy Spirit working in your life that you would use the product of the Holy Spirit. Right? The Word of God comes about by means of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives, speaking to people, guiding them as they write. And so it makes sense that as we read it, the Holy Spirit uses His product to produce great things in our lives. Point number three, the Word of God creates faith. One of my favorite Scripture passages, Romans chapter 10. The Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I've uh, talked to you about this passage many times. Uh, uh, as, a, as a child, I memorized all of these verses. I particularly loved verses 9 and 10 and verse 13. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's kind of like the big point he's working to. Now, as I'm older, I love verse 12. The Lord richly blesses all who call on His name. I love that verse. I love that. Jesus Christ richly blesses all who call on His name. He goes on. How will they call in, on Him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the gospel. Uh, every once in a while, speaking as a pastor, Every once in a while, my spiritual life gets dry. And you feel a little low. How many of you ever felt low? <laughs> Look, most of you. Wow, usually when I ask a question, I get five hands. Everybody, everybody's willing to say, I feel low. That, that's true, I feel low. And you wonder, is the Lord really there? Is He really hearing me? And one of the only ways you can be strengthened in times like that is through the Word of God. 
and you pick up his word and you read just a few words and you go, there it is. He is real. He's promising me that he's going to take care of me. He's telling me that he loves me. And all of a sudden, my faith is strengthened. It doesn't happen by itself and it will not happen in a vacuum. You want to strengthen your faith? Read the Word of God. If you go to the next slide. We talked about 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to end with 1 Corinthians verse 15. The Word of God leads us to salvation. Salvation is like a big word. Re- regeneration, new, work, new birth, that's, that's one little part of salvation, which is huge. Salvation includes justification and adoption, uh, forgiveness of sins. It includes sanctification, being made right. Uh, making myself right. It includes glorification, being changed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the word salvation. Big word. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Remind you, 1 Corinthians is written 55 to 57 A.D., so 25 to 27 years after the death of Jesus. Uh, It is written early, right? That's not very long after the death of Jesus, 25 years. And Paul says... I am, I, this is what I preached to you when I came to you. So that takes it back even further. And then Paul says, I didn't come up with this myself. This was passed on to me from someone else. This is, this is what the early church is about. 1 Corinthians 15. This is the early message. This is the word of God. And it saves you. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose the third day, according to the scriptures. That saves you. I had many other points. We don't have time to get to them. Those are the ones I wanted to make sure that I hit. This is how you start a life in tune with God, through the Word of God, being born again, having spiritual growth, salvation. Forgot my other points already. Having the Holy Spirit work in your life, having faith, growing, all because of the Word of God. So let me encourage you, uh, make sure you pick up your Bible this week. Those of you who are following along in the devotional pack, please keep it up. And remember that it's not just good enough to read it. You have to obey the truth. Purify yourself with the end result that we love one another. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.